Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. I'm hopped up on True du Diablo beer, and this is the 16th take of the 15th episode of Industry Tactics. Why am I hopped up on True du Diablo beer? A, because it's the best beer in the world. B, bigly, I'm bigly promoting. True du Diablo presents the Friendly Rich Show on November 5th. It's a live vaudeville experience featuring many, many artists, over 50 artists, um, among them Bob Wiseman, Jack Breakfast, Alex Pangman, uh, Nate Mills, Marty Topps, the Element Choir featuring Christine Duncan, actually many characters that you would have heard on this podcast if you follow. You can uh, buy advanced tickets, and I'd appreciate it if you did, and tweet about the show. Uh, all information is available from FriendlyRich.com. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing you there. It's at the Royal Cinema. We really want to pack the house. So I would have greatly appreciated it if not only you could buy your tickets in advance, but if you could tweet about this, make some noise. Um, greatly appreciate it. I really appreciate the support uh, and, and, and notably from this brewery, which talking about industry tactics, it's a very exciting thing what's happening here. And it's never happened really before in my career where uh, where a brewery uh, or anyone uh, from the corporate world, for that matter, believes in, in the music that I'm making and the art that we're creating together. So um, I got I got to say, through Du Diable, check them out. If you've not had the, uh, the, the pleasure of going to Shawinigan and drinking their tasty beer, um, they're going to be bringing it to Toronto by the cask load. And they're coming to Toronto on November 5th to do a tap takeover at the Birreria, which is Barvolo, right beside the uh, the Royal Cinema. It's going to be an experience. I urge you to come. And uh, the Lollipop people and I will be there making some crazy art. And uh, it's going to be a freak show. Revitalize, bringing back, uh, rebooting the Friendly Rich show. Sorry, there's been a couple of errors in terms of words. Not revitalization. I'm, I'm hopped up on this bar. It's a tasty bar. I'm not doing a 17th take. There's no goddamn way. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode, though, holy cow, a very inspiring human. Her name is Jenny Omnicord from the beautiful city of Guelph. My first time going to Guelph to podcast, one of many, I'm sure, a home of culture and, and many incredible artists. Uh, I, I really love that community of Guelph. And Jenny is certainly um, uh, an incredible character, pulling together many, many, many wonderful artists in that in that city. So enjoy it. It's from her her magic bus. Uh, check out the VR if you uh, on on my YouTube if you did want to be inside the bus for the first twenty minutes of this podcast. Sit back and prepare to be dazzled. She's an unbelievable character. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I know I say that every week, but God damn it. Wait, just check out the end of this podcast. I'm hopped up on Through the Diablo, but damn is it an incredible story that she tells in the acquisition of this bus. Um, she is living the dream, let me tell you. She is living the Pee Wee Herman creative dream, and, and we love her. Here she is now, Jenny Omnicord. Mm-hmm. 
has great acoustics. You don't hear that every day. No, I suppose not. I've got my raviole here. All right, I guess the raviole will be in the shot. The raviole will be in the shot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put this little camera right here. Okay. I'm gonna feed get you one of the longer mics, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. Okay. And then I'll just kind of maybe dick this right down here. I think I'll get good results if I do it that way. So okay. So here we go. Hitting record on the the video camera. We're already going. If you just want to test your mic. Yep. Oh, a test. Whoa, she's close to the is mic. That a, it's it, good. That's, that's a, good. That's where that's, it needs to be. Yeah, that's, and it, that's, this, this way or this way? That way. The No, that, that way. That yeah. was good. Yeah, and maybe just a little bit back. Yeah, that's good. That, that's great. Let, let's hear it. Uh, testing the microphone. Look at that. Enters Jenny Omnicord. Actually, we enter Jenny Omnicord's bus. What do you call this? The Golden the, School Bus? It's just called the Golden Bus. Oh, the Golden Bus. Yeah, yeah. we take the school right out of this. That's right, yeah. It's actually it's an important detail for insurance purposes. Oh shit, of yeah. course. Yeah. Did I did I give your name off the off the get go? We're gonna be talking industry tactics with Jenny Omnicord. Welcome That's to fine, the yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well uh, thanks for having me. You're you know who you are? You're the first Guelphite to enter oh I shouldn't say that. I interviewed Joe Sorbera but in Toronto. Right. But we're in Guelph here. Look where we are. Where are we, Jenny? Uh, we're actually in the parking lot of Diode, which is like a community maker space. Mm -hmm. So it's super awesome. It's a giant warehouse full of tools and supplies and stuff. And people can go in like 24 hours a day and build things. It's wow. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got 3D printers and other fun yeah, things. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you know Diode. You've been, um, they love you over there. I've, I've dicked around at Diode. Yeah. Lots of great makers. What's the guy's name that runs Diode again? Apart from uh, uh, Fran Riley, the clock well, probably maker? Probably Simon. Yeah. That's who you're thinking of, maybe? Yeah. And, uh... Eva, but yes. there's a but it's very collectively run, which is part of what makes it so awesome. It's definitely like a community effort. Okay, great. Um, um, yeah, I'm gonna dick this over here. Welcome to Industry Tactics with Jenny Omnicord. No, it's not a good idea. Uh, with Jenny Omnicord. Uh, so we're gonna talk for about an hour about all things tactics, what you've learned along the way. You are a renowned. Uh, working musician doing I think this is it is I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb here because I haven't done my full audit of the country we're in a, a very magical uh, place here this is a bus where um, I'm gonna dive right into it and then we're gonna get into the background of what the hell made this happen okay how did you come up with this concept but we're in a magical bus here we're in a very magical space how did how did you do this how did I do this? What is this? What what is this? What is this space? What is this? Okay. The, the bus. The golden bus is a forty foot X transit bus that has been converted to, I guess it's been converted to mobile home status. Okay. But I use it as a mobile home for uh, music and arts and film. It's sort of supposed to be an open concept uh, bus like open space that can be utilized in different ways depending on what different organizations or people want to do with it. So I personally book concerts that happen in here. That's the main thing that I use it for. Okay. Um, so I have a Golden Bus concert series. Yeah. Uh, and then I've done a bit of recording in here. And it's uh, holding the CFRU mobile radio station right now. Uh, mostly a storage, but I'm the mobile uh, radio coordinator. So okay. that's my one of my many jobs. 
and then it's been a film festival venue for the last year and this upcoming year uh the comedy festival just asked me if i want to be a venue during the comedy festival this is year is there a comedy festival in guelph there or is, is that, yeah. oh, okay okay yeah. great great so, so people doing stand-up in the bus uh, yeah i guess that, i think so i think that's what they would have in mind uh wow, that's amazing. i mean that email just came like a week ago and so right. i said yes absolutely let me know what you had in mind so i mean it's pretty versatile despite being small and you know shaped one particular way uh, oh, once you get in here, concept. you can sort of start to see how many different things could take place, right? Right, right. I do, and yeah. I, I do, and I'm itching to um, and not only perform in the bus, but I really I, I admire what you do. I think this is a, a, a one-of-a-kind thing. Now, I mean, okay, I, I've just, off of what I know, seen, you know, mobile libraries, mobile, um, th there are, you know, mobile, some mobile studios, of course, mm -hmm. but... But the bus, like, I mean, it's so special. I think you're tapping into, I mean, kids looking at home on the on the camera here for the uh, the little teaser, the little industry tactic te teaser. Look at that top. Look at that top that Jenny was wearing. She's embodying the yeah. golden. Uh, she's gold. She's gold. a golden yeah. humanoid. She's of the golden race. I do believe in in dressing. Is that is that offensive? Was that, that a thing back in the past? The, the golden, golden race. race? I, don't I hope know. that's not like a. She's of a wonderful, beautiful kind of human, is what I meant. Like the, the most creative, spacey. You're a space cadet, right? Yeah. I, well, I think of it as like uh, I don't know. I I um I have actually many different genres of gold clothing. As We're getting silly as that wind. sounds, but we're getting oh, a wind. Do you want to back back up a bit? Let's let's. We probably have the front door breeze. Okay. Going. Okay. We got this beautiful front door breeze that we're uh we're okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Sorry. No problem. So go ahead. Okay, so I, um, I years ago when I wanted to get a golden bus, I mean, we'll get into the backstory, I, I would imagine, but uh, I started golding a lot of different projects I was working on to sort of put them all under one heading. So I started Golden Throats Karaoke, yes. which is like a twice monthly karaoke series in Guelph, and uh, me and my partner Scott are the hosts. And okay. so I have my sort of Golden Throats Karaoke gold dresses I have, this is what I call um, casual gold. So casual this is, gold. Yeah, this is what you would wear on like, you know, a daytime afternoon visit, you know, for a friend or like a, you know, casual bus interview or something. Honored. But then I have like uh, a formal gold. Regal gold. Yeah, if I have to be like gold at somebody's wedding, for example. So oh I've hosted karaoke at a wedding before, then I have this sort of more formal version of my gold. So I have different, uh, different types of gold for different... But this I, is your I, color. But this I, when I color. put it on, yeah. I feel like empowered to be doing the thing. I even have gold uh, overalls that I made for working on the bus. So when I first started doing the bus construction, I realized I didn't actually have any clothing that I wanted to ruin with things like gotcha. doing an undercoating or you know scraping paint off of stuff. And so I went to Lens Mill and bought gold fabric and sewed myself gold overalls. And so every day that I put on the gold overalls, I knew I was going to work on the bus. You know, it was like a really I really am, it, I don't know, it, it's like a, a symbolic gesture to put on the clothing for the intention of what you're going to do. I love it. I lo you've, you, you've done a lot of thinking around, around this. Um, how many years has this been in the making? When did this concept first spark in your development as a musician and creative humanoid here in the city of Guelph? Yeah, well, so in terms of having a mobile kind of home art space thing, uh, I mean, that's been going around for years. I, in okay. fact, farther back than I thought, I have a song from about 2002 or 2003 
uh-huh. that uh, I realized when I was reviewing the lyrics that I suggested that um, I was someday going to get a van and turn it into my traveling home and travel around Southern Ontario. And so I was like, obviously, uh. even that many years ago, had this sort of weird notion, which I didn't even remember. But then I had the idea of having a bus where a whole wall would mm-hmm. lift up mm-hmm. and you'd have a stage the length of a bus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's still theoretically possible. You're thinking about it. But the more practical one of just like, but can I just buy a bus and start doing it? um, Was about um, three, four years ago. This is the ultimate tactic. What is? You've been waiting for it, listeners. This is the ultimate tactic. Jenny Omnicord has bought fucking school bus and she's it's not a school bus it's, it's not a school bus. a transit bus and she is making the art she has always wanted to make in it she is a, not only a curator this is the ultimate dream for many wacky musicians have we all sat there cockeyed saying yes I'm gonna buy a fire truck I've said that you've done it so how did you go about doing that and now you're very adamant about saying it's not a, a school bus it is, so I get the politics yeah. behind that but you've done a lot of learning but you bought us a, a bus well and and to be fair also I'm a school bus driver also as one of my many jobs you went out and got the license and made yeah. it part of your your your, your world all part prior so, to yes, yes yeah so the the many years ago when I thought Makes it might sense. be fun to have a bus the one of my first thoughts was like do I have the capacity to enjoy driving a bus? Okay, wow. So that seemed like one of the first pieces. And it was about the time my son, who's now about to turn eight. What is his name? Uh, Otis. Otis. When Otis was first going to school, so when he was first turning four. Yep. Um, so yeah, four years ago, I guess. Um, he uh, he was going to be in school for the first time, full time, all day, every day. Okay. So for the first time, I was going to have to be in one town all day every day yeah and so that's when I became a school bus driver wow so I figured if I become a school bus driver I get the right license I can be trained on a bus this size have you know that under my belt so that by the time I am in a position to get my own bus that won't be part of the equation right wow what a vision and I love how you bring them to life we're gonna talk about that let's let's play one of your songs now though the song uh, about buses the song that kind of sparked this dream from when was it? Uh, could well, we could we do that? Which, Is that which bus song are you? The doing? one that you were referring to. You referred earlier oh, to a song. Oh yeah, about, yeah. Um, okay, I'll have yeah, I'll have to get your recording of it. Yeah, yeah, it's called "On the Road." Is it is it easy enough to get? Oh, it is. It totally is. Yeah, it's Here just it an old now. home recording, but okay. Jenny Omnicord, "On the Road." Yeah. All right. Well, if you're if you're watching this on the VR teaser, what we're gonna do is dick in the the uh, the piece now, and here it comes now, and now presumably this would be after that in in the podcast. Okay, so just pl- close your eyes, and here it comes now. I have so many bus songs, by the way. That's Whoa, part of shit. why I was confused there for a second. Beautiful bus song that was on the road. Thank you. And that kind of sparked the dream here for what you're doing. Yeah, I guess so. It, well, it was a funny one where, like, I didn't even realize it till I, I pulled that song out. You know, I was just like, I haven't played that song in a million years. And I was singing it and realized how hilarious it was that I had sort of predicted my future back then. But I used to travel by bus a lot, too, between Guelph and London. When oh, yeah. 
I was dating my partner Andy and he lived in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was back and forth between Guelph and London all the time. I wasn't a driver at all back then. And so bus travel has been like a oh. really huge part of my adult life. Lots of traveling for playing shows and things like that as well. And let's, let's get into how you became you. Well, when did you, like, were you born and raised here in Guelph? Yes. Well, sorry, no, I was born in Kingston, Ontario, but mm-hmm. I moved here when I was about three. Okay. With my dad and my mom. Your dad's name is? Ray Mitchell. Ray of Mitchell. Owner Disarray Antiques. Another yeah, it was just notable across... Guelph character. Yeah, yeah. That's where you come from. I know, yeah. He makes lots of things seem possible. I could right? see he yeah. kind of made you golden. Yeah, yeah. You would say. Yeah, he's a huge, hugely supportive person. In fact, he wanted to believe, um, he gave me like money, loaned me money for the bus, partly so that he could tell people that he kind of bought a bus. That's what he told me. He's like, now I can kind of tell people I kind of bought a bus, right? And I was like, whose dad is that excited, you know? To like, Best shareholder you could yeah, ever have, man. Awesome. He wants to share this beauty with you, yeah. and I get why. That Oh, yeah. that's really special. Yeah. Very special. I've been at shows where you're performing, and, and I, remember, I specifically remember him in the audience, and it felt like I was in your living room. Yeah. I mean, just because it was so natural and, yeah. well, and he, he loves you he gets it yeah, eh? yeah 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 he's pretty casual with his comments from the crowd too love yeah. it yeah. love it it felt so good to, to see that interaction and, yeah. and be a part of that and that for me that felt very special then and mm-hmm. um and look at it now well and part of the inspiration of this comes from uh we used to have concerts at my dad's old thrift store the oh, family yeah. thrift store okay. we had concerts there from about 2002 till 2009 and uh, we yeah like um, we had a giant festival there one time we had concerts usually like at least once or twice a month sometimes more Mm -hmm. and it was a similarly weird unique show experience it's like the kinds of bands that are excited about playing in a thrift store like Mm -hmm. we would literally move the furniture around to make a space for the show and people would come into the store after hours and my dad would be selling things during the show, including the chairs people were sitting on to watch the show, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just felt like everybody who ever came to watch the shows and everybody who came to play them all had the love of the weirdo thrift store in common. And so when the thrift store got shut down by the city um, because they wanted to rebuild that part of downtown, Mm -hmm. I felt like nothing had come up in the time since that had the same sort of um, bringing people together in that kind of unique one-of-a-kind context. How old were you when these thrift short store shows were going on? Uh, well, I'm... Were you making... Were you part yeah, of the scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Were, yeah. No, I ran them okay. primarily. Me and my dad. So oh, I, I, you know, wow. I would usually do the working on the band things and my dad would help me move the furniture around. Yeah, but okay. yeah, I was absolutely... So I was 24 when the store got shut down. Okay. So um, okay. that was like 2009. Okay. So I'm not very good at math, but yeah. I was in my teens, I guess, when yeah. the show started. And so, yeah, and I mean, other people would do thrift store shows, too, which was awesome. Like other local promoters would book concerts out of the thrift store. It was just whenever a thrift store made sense. So that's kind of what I've become now is it's when a bus makes sense, which is already (laughs) saying something that Guelph has already like people have already suggested the bus to, like, you know, promoters and stuff to bands from out of town that mm-hmm. are coming and looking for a particular type of environment. I'm already one oh of the God. venues that they can consider, right? So The best venue I've ever played in my life is this place called Wagon Halle on the side of the river in, in Offenbach, just outside of Frankfurt. And it's a wagon. And the first time we pulled up to that wagon with, you know, odd instruments like harps and drums and the whole bit. And 
and we went in there and 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 for the first tour we thought what the fuck or why are we playing a wagon by the side of the river and now it's a go-to venue for us. Yeah. The, you know, they're making a film about this venue, the oh, wagon hall. Awesome. The wagon hall, right? Like it's 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 a hall, right? Only thirty people can fit in it, and they serve liquor and potato chips. But it feels like this. You've yeah. done it in, in my favorite city in the whole world, Guelph, oh, Ontario. I really admire this. But there's also because I'm a bus. That's the nice part too. Is it is in Guelph, but it can move. You can move the the so the we can anywhere. bring that yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was an important part to me too because I do think that like magical things when they can be shared yeah. or or can be transferred to other spaces like then you yeah. can you can magic at new environments that really need it right which is like rather than just building because Guelph has a right. lot of amazing things it and does. so I wasn't about to build something stationary here in a town that already has a lot of incredible things. Part of it for me was the significance of being able to be this at other places too. And you're kind of a touring machine, so you've seen that. You've seen the you've toured the countries, and you you know that bringing this bus and, and sharing the love of what you've created here is a vital part of the model. Oh, right? it would be awesome! Yeah, 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 for sure. How are the guts on this thing? Like, how how's They're the uh... surprisingly solid? Um, I'm as as impractical as I might appear having bought a golden bus I'm extremely practical when it comes to the sort of uh, being really careful and systematic about okay. my so I haven't traveled with it a lot yet okay uh, so I you know I fixed it up first and then I've been mostly doing local stuff to sort of build an entity here and then I'll be doing like little bits of trips hopefully before the end of this season are you paying attention to the tactics she first learned how to drive a bus yes then she acquired a bus We'll talk. Who did you acquire it off of? We'll take a pause there on the steps. Oh man, no, uh, it's it's its own really epic story. So it should be its own. I don't know if you're ready for. We're gonna it sidebar now, that. Yeah. Then then she fixed it, painted it, and is now Didn't in the even process. Paint it. I found a gold bus. God damn! Found yeah. a gold bus. Okay, so yeah. that is an epic story of who you'd yes. buy this off yes. of. And then like it, it it looks absolutely stunning inside. Now you're building community around it before you move said community to yes. other other I think it's important. that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got you I, I think like I've always enjoyed when something weird can become a form of normal like when <gasps> when you overhear the cafe somebody saying blah 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 saw that person play on the golden bus and you know they nobody even blinks are you hearing that no. have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah 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 for sure and yeah. and neat That's things touching. like people walking by outside who saw it at hillside or something like it's okay. starting to be around so okay. when somebody um what usually will happen is somebody will ask me what i do yeah and i'll say something about oh do you need to plug it in or you okay? i don't know what was that maybe that I oh fuck so. did that run out i guess it, i guess it just died it's it's cool all right okay. well i guess that's the end of that recording all right well we'll keep her rolling there see if we keep it up do you have the charger for it yeah, i don't know no it yeah. doesn't it's cool. It's cool. If, okay. it, if she dies again, she dies. Maybe it's the heat. Pardon me. Pardon me about that. Okay, so. Oh yeah. Hillside. You were saying. Uh, oh yeah. So usually it'll be somebody asking me like what I do or something, and then I'll bring up that I'm a bus driver, and then you know there'll be somebody else with an earshot who's like, I saw you, at huh. such and such. So that's huh. sort of how it's coming to be. Like, okay. kind of at any given time in any room, there's you know starting to be somebody who's set foot in here or saw it. So it's 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 doing what I really wanted it to do. I didn't want it to just sit dormant and 
you know, I wanted it to have some form of life, and so it's it's totally coming to be. But I'm not I'm so happy going too over the top too. You know, right. a couple of shows a month, so okay. that okay. I don't burn out as well. But yeah, yeah, good, good mm-hmm. to make note of that. You're you've created a venue. You've created a venue. You you know, and I think I I get really inspired when I see creative I'm gonna say weirdos like yourself you're and I embrace it oh yeah um doing you know like really um have you does part of it come from an experience of getting maybe sabotaged by other venues or just the difficulty of navigating all that like you're essentially bypassing load in sound check dickhead sound person yeah. Um, you, you you know all of that, right? Uh, uh, four yeah. people in the crowd, right? You can you can fit twelve in here, right? Well, or pack them in, right? I mean, all of the that. Thing, though, um, it is definitely. Okay, you're done. Uh, you're dead to us. Sorry about that. Heat. Uh, we're okay with the audio still. Yeah, I guess so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. We can pause too if you need to do. Uh, I'll let it all the horse shit out after. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, like, I, I agree. I've played lots of concerts and dealt with lots of that stuff. But yeah. um, it's more the feeling like when my dad's store got right. shut down and something that was so beautiful, like the best concerts just kind of abruptly had to end to essentially have that store just become a parking lot that nobody uses. Is that what it is now? Yeah. Oh, and, shit. Um, and then I've sat on the or, like board of directors for an arts group before that, you know, got so close to venue after venue and then some other priority scoops the building out from under them. And I feel like um, the most important thing that this had was that it was my own, that I yep. owned it outright. Yep. Yep. And I'm no, I don't have like a bottom line or, you know, I don't know if that would be the term to use, but I don't mm-hmm. have to make a certain amount of money. Like mm-hmm. I know that the motivation can't be kind of swept out from under me. Whatever you put in this bus is part of your... Yeah. Um, and it just felt like I can build world. from that, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, And yeah. so I was like, I wanted to keep the expenses as super low as possible so that no one ever has to think about it. So every single time I have a concert, all of the money goes to the bands with no exception. Um, a lot of the time I get people to donate me beer. So okay. it's all private anyway, so I can just give beer away. Do you like, do them here in the parking lot usually or do you move A lot around? of the time okay. I do in this okay. parking lot because this it is, is really beautiful. There's a river yeah. going by, yeah, the I sun comes down, there's yeah. birds, there's a, a snapping wow. turtle that wanders Shit. by sometimes during the shows. Amazing. Um, but I've also moved it around because it is a bus, so I've done yeah. a show in a park i've parked over by ed video over in the oh, ward yeah. um we've had the films projected while we were in downtown guelph okay so it has moved around the area like locally great but um but i do love this parking lot it's so unassuming like you would not expect something magical to be in this dirty little parking lot but i mean it's i saw special. it and i've known that you were kind of tucked away here in the diode uh, in the diode lot but i mean it I'm not gonna lie. It felt so great to drive around back and see this piece of magic. Just, you know, th- you're embodying. I, I, so much is going on right now on my end. Like you're embodying so much. Uh, everything's resonating because you know I, I've dealt like you have with that idea of you know municipalities maybe not having their shit together. Um, yeah. You know, making really bad choices that maybe we were a little young when, when they were making them and it really felt wrong then. And it still, guess what, feels wrong now. And I think the older you get and the more you define culture, you're really wanting to preserve that and put yeah. this out into the world. This is important. It's huge to me. It's like yeah. the most important part of it because I... Um, 
it's just too heartbreaking to put yourself behind projects that you know somebody else can just take away yeah. because they've got different right. priorities or right. different money they need to make. And, and I sympathize. Like, there's yeah. a lot of amazing venues that it does really suck if the rent suddenly goes up or the power shifts somehow. But right. that was the biggest mistake I was not going to recreate is um, this is not an official not-for-profit with a board of directors. There's nobody else ultimately making any of these decisions Ain't except me. Ain't nothing boring about and, this here place. Well, board. but I don't even mean that it's boring. I know, I just, I know. Uh, Yeah, I, know, I, I don't want you. anyone yeah. else's yeah. decisions to start to yep. sway. And that doesn't mean that I don't have community feedback. I have tons sure. of that, but I sure. do feel You have community. Like, you ooze community. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. And the other thing is I make it available to other people so that they can do what they do. So okay. if it's, um, for example, if the film festival puts on a film here, Yeah. I drive the bus to where they want it to be, and okay. that's all I do. So everything else about the film festival venue is, is them. So they organize the volunteers, they coordinate what films are going to be, where it's going to be, all the semantics on how that's going to happen. So when other groups like the film festival take over the bus, it becomes part of them, right? Which is what I want to do. So I don't need to be me at that. God I can damn. just arrive and present that to them, and that feels really great. And again, I know that nobody else can step in at that yeah. point yeah. and and make a different rule about the use of the bus. It's totally up to me to... You're, you are such a... There's a level of... There's the spirit of what you bring to your art um, is really inspiring. You're, it's, it's got a... Lo there's a nice... Anar there's a nice little touch of anarchy there, but it, and, and just the community that you're bringing to this thing. Let's play a Jenny Omnichord tune. What should we cue up now for the kids? What's what's well, kind of in? What have you been thinking about in this conversation um, that would make sense? You should put on a boss of my bus, probably. Here it comes. Yeah. She is the boss of her bus. Here it comes now, Jenny Omnichord. Instinctively 
the kids and it's a heavy load Everybody please sit down in your seats now We've got some fog and we're slowing for the snow plows Making stops along the highway Stopping short of all their driveways Put out my stopping arm and no one can get by now Three point turns, yeah, we're learning how to drive now Beautiful tune. You want to talk about it? Uh, it's actually a duet with me and Richard Laviolette. Oh, nice. We, um, him and I were both school bus. Actually, we were both still school bus drivers, but okay. um, we were uh, sharing a bus route. So I got him to be the other bus driver. So it's sort of my bus driving theme song. Neat. Yeah. Is he, um, do you collaborate a lot with him or was that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Richard and I, I played in his uh, rock band, The Glitter Bombs, and his country band, The Oil Spills, and we've been best buds for years. And wow. uh, he wanted to be a city bus driver as a job. Ooh, okay. I had just become a school bus driver. Okay. And I called him from my startup meeting. and was like, Richard, get over here. School bus is where it's at. So great. And so he, yeah, he applied to be a city bus driver, didn't get chosen, so he came over and joined me just a few months after I did, so we were both, wow. both school bus drivers for the same amount of time now, and it's awesome. We shared a route for a while. I was oh, the yeah. morning, he was the afternoon. Oh, yeah, man, those kids fun. were lucky. It was cool. Those we were mostly driving were in high school students, okay. and, yeah, uh, nice, and then we had nice. a little bit of kids, too, but like, uh, but the high school students primarily, and yeah, I thought of it all the time, like, you guys have no idea how You have no idea. Yeah, yeah. What is your vision for the bus long term? Where do you see this thing going? I remember once talking with you outside somewhere, and you you had an idea to bring this. Ed, there was an educational component yes. to it that was huge. That still exists. So, okay. um, yeah, my one of my personal goals, in addition to having concerts, is to have a sort of like a, a crash course. You know, like five day mm-hmm. program in um, in basically like starting not starting a band but doing your first record kind yep. of thing so yep. home recording uh learning silk screening or other alternative ways to make your own packaging you know for super cheap uh your first press release uh you know initial pr stuff like just the stuff that bands need kind of out of the gates to Tactics. just start to yeah so the idea would be that um, there would be me, and then there'd be a person who was sort of the main recording engineer angle, and then a the person who was doing the main kind of visual arts packaging angle, and I would sort of oversee okay. the whole thing, assist with both, but then I would do like little mini workshops in, you know, financial management, or keeping the peace amongst band members in the early days, you know, like, Industry you know, talking tactics. about where you all want to go with it, and where your priorities are, and you know, just basic stuff like that. So they would get like five days of a mix of learning how to record, learning how to package albums, but then learning some of those other kind of essential pieces okay. that um, a lot of young sort of teenagers don't really know how to get from wanting to play music to 
playing shows or even the playing shows part might happen but all those other th- mysteries of like how do you make it into some form of profession are kind it's of it's a land of barriers isn't yeah, it the, it's the, barriers the, the, and the it's world just, of music a lot of it's just made easier if you just know what to expect can so. you can you shed some light this being the industry tactics podcast on yeah. how to get along with those bandmates in the early years how to share a van maybe or a bus uh, well when you're really young like if you're doing it when you're in high school yeah part of the I think one of the most important things is not looking too far to the future because if you are all still in school, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter if like Bobby wants to go on to be a professional musician, but you know that like Clara is going to university in, in like two summers from now or whatever. Like yeah. that, I think that's part of it is that um, you can just be a band with those people for that amount of time nice. and not spend too much time worrying about like some sort of goal. What a golden nugget that is that I think you it's just pretty dropped. huge. Um, I just, the other day, there was like a young 20-something-year-old um, awesome musician mm-hmm. who was posting on Facebook just about, she was just lamenting that, you know, she basically had chosen music over school mm-hmm. and was playing in a bunch of bands, and she's amazing. And she's saying how hard it is to, like, you know, with playing music paying so little, mm-hmm. but then trying to keep up any sort of part-time job when all you want to do is be traveling all the time, so mm-hmm. nobody wants to hire you. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... There's I, a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge. And, and my feedback to her was just, like, it's really, really common in your teens and early 20s to frame things in disappointment, like to set some sort of goal or where you think you're supposed to be by a particular time. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have those kind of like, it, it's impossible. Like you can't actually completely control the outcome of how much people are going to enjoy your music or whether or not your band is going to stay together. Mm. But you can pretty much guarantee that if you set like really hard goals with like, and by hard I just mean like, uncompromising Mm -hmm. that you probably are going to be disappointed if they don't work out right and so like if you focus on the fact that like hey i'm in my teens or early 20s i don't have any kids yet i like maybe you don't even have like a boyfriend or girlfriend keeping you in town right maybe you do you know you probably don't even have like a lease agreement and now you have to just play as much music as you want Mm -hmm. and jump in cars and if you're like an awesome bass player and willing to jump in a car and Mm -hmm. join a band going somewhere you'll have a gig yeah so it's like it's a great mature way to look at it yeah and and i didn't look at it that way when i was young either right so this is the thing this is one of those retrospective things of course like we're way less hard on ourselves as adults i found to at least the other people like me who have bits of jobs bits of music like if we've kept it in our life still into our 30s then that yeah. feels like a success yeah and yeah. um and yeah. i think when i was young i would have seen that as a really depressing very low right. Right. you know right. thing to get goal for but uh, but in retrospect i mean i had the most fun ever i love though age. how you're so willing to share that learning eh? like yeah. that's a big part of who you are isn't well, it well it would be a big part of yeah. the yeah yeah and i think if, if high school students were here having that course with me that would be a big part of it too it's just like calm down Stop worrying about being adults. It's so important. The best part is that you're not yet. So is your idea, I remember when you reached out, you did a big, big social media reach out at the time looking for people who had connections in school boards thinking, hey, look, I've really got a concept here. I want to share this. Where is that at? Yeah, so, um, yeah, well, you know, it's me and my, like, long terms, you know, getting pulled together. And so um, this year, I got the job with CFRU as the mobile studio coordinator. Okay. So I've been taking... A mobile CFRU radio is the, station. is the Guelph radio station yes. here in Guelph. Yeah. yeah, the campus and community radio station of the University of Guelph. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had this really awesome concept. It was totally a pilot project, and it was like, 
we know that we're supposed to be campus and community, but yeah. we're not sure if we're getting community, like uh -huh. in terms of new voices. Uh -huh. So they launched this project, this, you know, five hours a week, tiny little honorarium for somebody to take the studio and go to different neighborhoods in Guelph and set up a temporary studio and stay there for three or four months at a time and collect whoa. community stories. Whoa, whoa. So I've been doing that since May of last year. Okay. And in doing that, I came across this program called Made Urban Arts, which is an alternative high school program uh -huh. that's all arts. So it's um, visual artists, dancers, musicians, um, wow. singers, like uh, they have to take a bit of every type of art in this program and they go to the Guelph Youth Music Center instead of high school for a semester. Amazing. And so I found, I'm like, well, this is perfect. Like this is an already alternative minded arts students, right? And exactly the age group that I wanted. And so I went and did a podcast project with okay. them. Okay. So I went in and me and Bri Webb, who also yeah. works at CFRU, uh -huh. who's of Constantine's fame, but right. is the tech coordinator at CFRU. Like, I don't even know if the students knew at the time, you know, right. the caliber of amazing indie rock talking to them. But do we you were know doing who, like, yeah, once again, yeah. do you know who's driving this bus? God damn yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there we are at their, essentially their alternative high school, teaching them about community radio and the, you know, wow. how it differs from mainstream radio. And in a lot of cases, so they had homework to listen to alternative radio. Fantastic. So, um, and then we, so we did a presentation on it and then they had a podcasting assignment. So uh -huh. we talked about different types of podcasting and then I went and they gave me their outlines of what they were going to work on and I gave them feedback on that. And then I came with Bri to record them. So we recorded podcasts. So, um, it was really awesome. There are four different groups and, um, a couple of them were doing podcasts on things like one was fame versus success. Okay. And so it was the very thing we were talking about, like right, them right. being teenagers and saying like, well, what is success in terms of like music or theater and it was really cool to hear them already questioning that right like, that, felt, that mindset yeah. is right there right? yeah and so yeah, um cool. yeah amazing. so I mean I've already been now working with the very students I wanted to work with so not quite yet at the project level of the bus but Ray Spoon came to perform okay uh, so Ray was coming to town to play on the bus anyway and Ray for your listeners is like a gender non-conforming runs their own record label yep. awesome indie rock songwriter author yeah like filmmaker like a really really incredible inspiring person very and so, important artist in our um, country yeah. yeah yeah and so when ray was coming to town i asked the teacher of the made program if ray could come perform on my golden bus for the high school students. Oh, so oh we drove God. the bus over to the Guelph Youth oh Music Center God, and all the students loaded on and sat in Was these Was that like seats. a secondary show just for um, these students, yeah, kind yeah, of tailored? Yeah. So Ray played Nobody two nights. So this. the day of Ray performed for these high school students, it did like a question and answer. And the students had all watched the documentary on Ray, like as prep for Ray's coming to do the concert. And oh my God, it amazing. It was awesome. I mean, yeah. my dream for our country would be a golden bus in every goddamn city. It's it's. And a Jenny Omnicord to run it. You are, you are, you're connecting the dots there with that idea of bringing that to those kids, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's tailor-made. Like, and, and so by next year... Did they love I it? Mean, Did they love it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I got the most, like, beautiful thank you card, you know, oh, when the podcasting yeah. assignment was over. And it yeah. was just like, coolest bus driver ever. You and are. like, your golden bus is awesome. And like, all these really wonderful and really specific thank yous, mm. too, in there that it was... Uh, it was the best thank you card I've ever received it's in terms so of charming. Like, people really recognizing the individual weird little things that I was doing. And well, uh, yeah. I, look, I mean, we'll talk about 
how you bought this bus, but I also want to get into how you became you. Like you're you're a very special artist. You're kind of one of a kind, and you you're a workhorse. I can see it. You you've collaborated with so many. Who are some of the artists that you've collaborated with over the years? I know you came up. Would I say through the Bar Mitzvah Brothers? Was that yeah. one of your first projects? Yeah, yeah, that was my first band for sure. Yeah, so we were a band from roughly two thousand to two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, well, 2008. I gave birth in 2008. Okay. So once my son was born, I played solo more okay. often. It okay. was just more financially viable. Sure. Um, around the same time, Jordy was like really itching. Well, this you know to talk of high school kids having different priorities, yes. right? Jordy, Jordy and I both only ever wanted to make music, and uh-huh. then when I got pregnant, I was like. And have a family, mm-hmm. you know. So I was pretty right. excited about a baby coming, but right. it also completely put my career on hold in in the sense of, of uh, how it was otherwise going. Okay. It had to be reshaped. Whereas Jordy was just itching to play music all the time. So Jordy kind of ran off, did his own music, but joined Islands okay. um, at some point around there. You know, was just touring all the time. Johnny went to university. Okay. You know, so yeah. people kind of in the band picked different kind of adult paths right yeah so um while I was solo I joined some bands so Mm -hmm. I was in the burning hell shortly before I got pregnant Mm -hmm. and I played with them a little bit after I joined Richard Laviolette and the oil spills he actually added me to the band while I was pregnant which I thought was a pretty beautiful gesture you know that is I wanted to to touch on that yeah yeah so um most of my traveling while pregnant and with like a little kid was uh was with the oil spills with Richard yeah. and playing solo. And yeah. then also um, I played a lot with Wax Mannequin okay. around the same time. Yeah, great. So, um, But yeah, I, when my son was due, when I was pregnant with him, I was putting together an album to be released the day he was born. Okay. So oh it's like a 18 duets with songwriters from across Canada. So that included like... Uh, That's what that was. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was what that was yeah. leading towards. Yeah, so that came out the day Otis was born. So um, that was all duets, so all the songs were co-written. So that had people like Shad, who's yeah. now, you know, the CBCQ host, um, yeah. Old Man Ludica, Kim Barlow, Jim Guthrie, uh, Sun Parlor Players. Uh, I mean, a whole range. There's like, a, you know, a guy who's just from in town here. He's one of my best friends ever. Jordy, he was in Bar Mitzvah okay. Brothers with me. My dad did a duet oh, with me. God. Hey, so, can we play one of those tunes? Oh, yeah. Should we play that very tune that you, you did with your dad? I oh, think yeah. I think so special. Yeah, what is the name true. of that tune? It's called Gone Leaf's Gone. Here it comes. Gone Leaf's Gone. How, how charming is this? He said, how come is it that we ain't got a hockey song? Well, I only had one answer for him. Every fall my daddy calls, go Leaf's go. Go, go Leaf's go. go. Gone, leaves gone. Gone. 
gone, leaf's gone. Gone, leaf's gone. Every spring my daddy sings, gone, leaf's gone. Gone, leaf's gone. Gone, leaf's gone. Every spring I always sing, come, leaves, come. Come, leaves, come. Come, leaves, come. Cause every fall my daddy calls, go, leaves, go. And Bob Wiseman played on the, this record too. Uh, Bob Wiseman was on the earlier album. Oh, the earlier album, so, okay. Yeah, also collaborations though. Oh, so my, my first solo Omnichord album, um, this actually was like what turned out to be an amazing deal, mm-hmm. except I didn't really think of it. I wasn't, f- anyways, it wasn't motivated by saving money, but it was a good saving money thing. Yes. Is, um, I challenged, I was trying to get producers from around Ontario mm. to each produce an Omnichord song with me for my album. So the rule was uh, they would get paid $50 and a batch of homemade cookies, and they had one day to work with me, but they were allowed to define what a day meant. So they could have uh, one hour, 12 hours, whatever. Um, so if they won't, you know, in case they charge $50 an hour, they could just do an hour if they wanted. But the right. rule was only Omnichord, no other instruments. Um, they could sing or anything if they wanted, and they could add any sort of effects. But it had to be, I wanted to make the first only Omnichord album that has ever existed. What is the name of this so, record? The album is called Cities of Gifts and Ghosts. Are you listening to these tactics? She's yeah. just kind of pulled the rug under the music industry right there. Yeah, so no, that was... Mo- very interesting It was model. great. I ended up, I think there's 13 songs on that album, and I produced one of them. So mm-hmm. essentially 12 songs at... $50 each, right? So what was so that? What $600 those negos- or something like that for like Bob Wiseman and Don Kerr and Dave Clark and this is how- Andy McGough and Scott Merritt, oh Michael my- Olson, Jim oh, Guthrie. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it was oh, amazing. Amazing humans. And then even cooler was they were kind of competing with each other in a sense because yeah. they all yeah. knew all these yeah. other producers were on there. So everyone was bringing their like total A-game to be the best Omnicore track, How did, right? just out of curiosity, how did Dave Clark define a day go? Oh my gosh, no. Um, so we were there for like a few hours, but he continued to record other people past me um, to sing on it. Okay. So uh, his cat is yes. on that song because I told him I wanted sense. group vocals. Cool, cool. So um, he, every time he had one of his drum students come through, he would get them to sing on the same track. So... Um, he went on and on and on and on. But he just had a day with me. So he was allowed to do whatever he wanted right. after. But uh, right. no, he took it in wild places. It's probably the weirdest of all the songs. But Let's play great. that song. But, well, it's like eight minutes long. Here it comes. So, okay. What's it called? Uh, that one was called Birthday. Birthday. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Dave Clark producing Jenny Omnicord. This We're having a nice time here in the bus. Yeah. Oh, man, that song is so weird. It's awesome. But, yeah. No Zostang, no Zostang. You better stay. Nine, nine. He's on Pita Yara. He's on Pita Yara. Yara, 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 Go out till I don't even know when. Maybe we'll never come home again. Going to start to drink. 
At five o'clock p.m. We'll go out to buy some cleaner. We're going to start to drink. We're going to start to drink.
Yeah, that was pretty weird. His um, cat. I, I heard his cats, cat. I heard yeah. the multiple cats there, and he's big on cats, eh, Dave Clark? Yeah, yeah. yeah and his full cat was of love. in the studio for a lot of it. Yeah. Full of love. Listen, Jenny, this has been an absolute treat. Um, can you tell us the story of how you bought the bus and who okay. you bought it off of? Because well, it sounds free to epic. Abbreviate it if you need to. Well, no, it's no, we epic, won't cut out edit. We won't hit edit here. Okay. Just go ahead. So, um, at this point, I had set out to buy. A bus. I thought I'd be buying a school bus because I'm a school bus driver and converting it. And so um, I had this budget going. This is where this, this the fact that I found a gold bus mm-hmm. is a pretty integral piece because I actually had turning a bus gold as part of my budget. I thought probably cost me a few thousand dollars to turn a bus gold. So I have to say when I found a bus that was already gold, mm-hmm. that that was kind of the biggest start, right? Yeah. But another key player in here is Fred Eaglesmith. Okay. So wow. Fred Eaglesmith is a bus nut. If yeah. people don't know, he travels by bus. He has a fleet of them. He's been working for years towards having this the traveling steam show is what he calls it. And he wants to have a whole fleet of performers that show up on buses to do concerts and stuff. So when I said I wanted to buy a bus, Scott Merritt, who yes, is recording amazing. my album and has recorded lots of things with me in the past, and is Johnny from Bar Mitzvah Brothers' dad. Like, uh, Scott's been in my life forever. Uh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Scott was Johnny's dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and he's recording your current record. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, amazing, amazing. Oh yeah. So amazing Scott Merritt musician. and I are like tied in so many ways oh, now. Oh, that's great and, to know. Um, that's great oh, to know. Oh, he's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and he was on my children's duets album as okay. well. But he heard that I wanted to buy a bus, and he said, "You've got to talk to Fred Eaglesmith. Like Fred has owned many buses." Mm-hmm. So he wrote to Fred to get permission to put us in touch, if that makes sense. Okay. Because yep. you know Fred yep. doesn't want just unsolicited. And then it starts that Fred and I, not even having met in real life, yep. start this like on the email bus correspondence that was just epic, like multiple emails a day wow. about buses and wow, what we wow. wanted to do. And uh, basically every time I found a bus listing on Kijiji or something, I would send it to Fred. Yeah. And Fred would write back and say like, oh, the clutch will be bad on that one or you don't want one that size or you don't, he had a feedback for all of them. So there's a mentor out there yes. in Fred that absolutely coached you through this. It this was is huge. unreal. Okay. Like I went to see his, he invited me to a concert in St. Mary's so okay. I could come meet him in real life and see his buses. How far is St. Mary's from here? It's- uh, 45 minutes I okay. want to say okay. maybe a little farther. Okay. So we drove to St. Mary's my friend and I and when we got there and after the show he introduced me to his bass player you know because he had to go pack up stuff and she told me like you need to know Fred doesn't talk bus with anyone. Holy 
she's like, I just want you to know that. Like, okay. this is a big deal okay. that you and Fred have become like bus. We're going to talk bus backstage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my so God. So I got to go sit on his bus, and he's like bouncing on his bus seat being like, isn't this the greatest? And, you know, he was really excited because not a lot of people drive is buses. Is it like a so. yellow bus style? His was or? red, but okay. he's 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 done the same thing. Like, um, his is more like a motorhome because okay. people sleep in it and stuff. Okay. So it has more beds, mm-hmm. more enclosed. But, mm-hmm. um, but he travels with a couple and their kid, and their child has only ever lived on a bus. Unbelievable. So this is how much Fred's depth. So Fred, having turned down probably three or four different buses I looked at, when I found the gold bus that was already gold, I sent him the listing and he said, if that is what it says it is, you found your bus. Okay. So Fred didn't care about gold. Fred just said based on the quality of this bus and everything, it got Fred's approval, right? Look at the roof on this bus. Yeah. So then... The listing, this is where this never school bus thing. Okay. I had been Kijiji listing school bus for months, you know, finding the old thing. And then had discovered through insurance that you can't insure anything that used to be a school bus. Fair enough. So all the listings I was looking at were basically useless anyway. This one pops up one night in an Ontario-wide search. A listing said Kingston, Ontario, which is where I was born. Right. The bus said London, Ontario on the side, which is where I was living half the time. Mm-hmm. The bus was made in Woodstock where my my partner at the time, Andy, was born. Mm-hmm. And then it was already gold. And it said was never a school bus. Okay. And that's why it came up in the listing. And okay. so he went on to say, like for insurance purposes, this, this is, is why this okay. is really important. Okay. So me and this guy start up a conversation. So he's living in the Yukon. Okay. So he's living in Atlin, B.C., but it turns out he grew up in Guelph. Oh, okay? wow. There you go. And not yep. only that, he bought this bus from Erin, Ontario, across the street from where my school bus company is located. Whoa. That I drive school bus out okay. of. Okay. So that's where this bus came from. He so this bought many, furniture off your dad maybe, back in the day, But this too. is how many coincidences we have. Oh, and even wow. his tiny little town that he was yeah. living in in Atlin, B.C., yeah. I've been there because I've played music there. So I knew his friends. I knew the venues he goes to. Holy shit. Which, in his mind, was the biggest coincidence of all because it is not really a tinier town than Atlin, B.C., in terms of, like, just middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So through all these coincidences we're like okay this is really magical like this is god it really thing, right yeah 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 so we start this online correspondence he's in the yukon i'm in guelph the bus is parked near smith falls in a field so he mails the keys from the yukon to arrive at the bus i pay a mechanic so this is the thing too i don't know any mechanics in smith falls right so i asked the seller steve if he can recommend anybody he's like oh yeah my my buddy henry lives two minutes down the road and Henry converted his own bus. So, he's, so two he's minutes from the middle of a field outside right. Smith Falls, Ontario, there's a mechanic who has converted a bus to a motorhome before. Okay. So another coincidence, right? Yeah. That's just perfect. Yeah. Henry goes and looks at the bus and he calls me and he says, don't buy that bus. And I was like, why? I mean, after all these things, there's no way. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, it, you know, the, the tires are all bad. You're going to have to get new tires. The sure. radiator's going to have to be replaced. And then I was like, okay, but let's be practical. Just tell me how much it would cost right. to do all these things. Right. So he's like, okay, if you got used tires, $250 a tire. If you all got right. the radiator. So he starts going and I decide, okay, that's cool. It's already gold. So I'm saving money on that. I want to buy it anyway. Yeah. So now I know what I'm into, you know, what I'm in for. You and so yep. I contact Steve, the seller, and I said, look, Steve, I know your bus needs work. I want to buy it anyway. I love it. I'm not going to pretend I don't want to buy your bus to get around anything, but I can't afford to pay. The asking price was, I think, 4000 or 5000 when he listed it. Okay. And I can't afford to pay that and all these repairs yeah. up front. Yeah. So he tells me that because the bus is so important to him, 
you can't drop it below 3500 okay. you know, just on principle. Yeah. But he doesn't need the money right away. So he says, what I'm going to do is I will sign the bus over to you <sighs> just on trust. So it'll be what? in your name. So any repairs you do, you okay. know you'll own the bus. And then you can pay me over time. So wow, I was like, nice, yeah, and there's a, a total stranger, deal. right? Yeah, he does this. Right. So sure enough, he signs the bus over. The bus is in my name. I give Henry the go ahead to start doing some of these repairs. Yeah. And Steve sends me this document in the mail that says starting September 1st, 2014, okay. Jenny Mitchell will pay me $200 every second month. So I'm like, Sweet. wow, beautiful arrangement, right? Yeah. So I have the whole summer to start repairing the bus before making any payments. September 1st rolls around. Yeah. I'm supposed to make a deposit into his account yeah and it's labor day and i'm like i can't believe it i've already screwed up i didn't have his bank stuff set up and the banks are closed yeah so i'm like okay september 2nd i'll get in touch with him and i'll really apologize yeah september 2nd i turn on my computer facebook's on there and i see on the first page r.i.p uncle steve and so i was like what and i click on it and he died the guy oh who was selling God. me his bus died, oh and he died God. on September 1st, 2014. Oh he died on the exact day I was supposed to start paying him. Yeah, I, I'm, this story, yeah. this story. I know. So now what? Yeah, so now I'm like, Holy I don't know what geez. to do, because I haven't given him any money. Yeah. I already own the bus. I have the keys. The bus is in my name. It's in the middle of, like, nowhere, nowhere near where he is. So I decide I'm going to wait and see what happens. I figure if there's an estate or something, they'll find me, right? If, if there's anything, for all I know, Steve wrote in his will that I get the bus. You know, I don't know. And so I decide I'm going to just sit and wait and see what happens. I'm going to keep working on my bus. We'll figure it out. All right. So a few weeks go by and I don't hear anything. Then I get this email and it says it's from this guy. His name was Luke Bayou. Mm. And he says that, like, I need to get in touch with you about my dad. Something about a bus or something. And I'm like, my heart just sank. It's like, okay, so obviously someone has found this piece of paper. Yeah. So I could have ended up talking to anybody, right? So a couple of days later, I get the courage, I phone him back. Yeah. And he starts telling me his own crazy story. So he says his dad had died like I knew, right? And he didn't know if I knew. And he yeah. said, the first thing he said, I hope you weren't paying my dad. And I'll tell you why. So his dad living in the Yukon was up there with a new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. There's an ex-stepmom of Luke's in the equation who used to own the bus with Steve. And then there's, you know, Luke's original mom who's not in the picture anymore. He says he found the document because his ex-stepmom, who he doesn't get along with, mm-hmm. said, when you're going through your dad's paperwork, keep your eye out because I think he sold our golden bus to some girl in southern Ontario he thinks the world of, and that was my bus too. So Luke said Whoa. he didn't even believe his stepmom when he hears this, and then he finds this document. So already right out of the gates he says, like, I don't care about my stepmom's feelings. She's not entitled to that bus. She hasn't been in the picture in years. She's just greedy. So don't worry about that. I'm the only one that knows this bus exists, just me and you. Then he tells me about this girlfriend. So the girlfriend and him were living in the Yukon, his dad. And when his dad had a heart attack, girlfriend calls Luke and says, you might want to get up here. Your dad just had a heart attack. So Luke's living in Vancouver. Dad is flown down to Whitehorse to the hospital or driven okay. down or whatever. So okay. Luke is in a vehicle driving up to Whitehorse to hopefully get to his Connect. dad. Yeah. His dad dies when Luke's on his way there. Oh, man. So he gets to the hospital and he says the girlfriend is just standing in the lobby of the hospital. just kind of hanging out. And she, he said she literally just kind of gave him a pat on the back. Didn't say anything. He goes into his dad's body. When he comes out, girlfriend's gone. Turns out girlfriend took off with all of Steve's identification, his wallet, his credit cards, everything. So she stole the wallet of the the dead guy and disappeared. 
So fuck. Luke and them had, had, they had to freeze the dad's bank accounts. That's why he says, I hope you weren't paying my dad. Because yeah, if you were, you it's were going into... Yeah, yeah, it's frozen. Can't access it. So the first thing is like that he's glad that I'm not paying him. Humans can really suck. Yeah. And then he tells me that because his the girlfriend stole all the identification, his dad's body was stuck in the hospital for two weeks because he had to get the identification replaced to remove the body. Industry tactics. Don't steal a wallet from a dead man. No. All right. So Luke said basically whatever amount of money I he said make an offer. It's just between you and me. My dad owed everybody money, so whatever mm. you know, all of his stuff is just going to creditors anyway. And I'm the wow. only one those exists. He said wow. whatever you give me will just help pay for my hotel bill while I was waiting with my dad's body, basically. So <sighs> I was thinking about it, and I was I decide I'm like, how about like a thousand dollars? And Luke says that sounds great. So, you know, it was supposed to be 3500 originally. It's a great deal. And Luke's like, and you can pay me over time if you need to, too. It's no big deal. So then we're just chatting longer, and we're just sharing stories about his dad. Like, I never met his dad in real life. Yeah. Only ever emailed. But right. we talked all the time, right? right and right, this is a guy right, who, right. like, trusted me enough to yeah. sign a bus over. And yeah. we both loved golden buses, right? Hmm. And so... I he just, was, me and Luke just start bonding over his dad, what right? What a special character this Steve was. Yeah, this oh, Steve yeah, was yeah, in yeah. Your life, eh? yeah. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, so, like, Luke and I, you know, I just start saying things like, yeah, get the picture, your dad's not all that organized, and like, ah, ha, 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 and after chatting for a while, yeah. he says, you know what, I really like you, my dad really liked you, I'm going to knock another $250 off. So now $750 to buy the bus. So I oh my sent, I was like, I, I got on my computer and I sent him a money transfer right away for yeah. the entire amount. Yeah, yeah. And he tells me that like, basically like that every, he owed everybody money and yeah. that uh, he said, oh, what he said to me was like, I just want you to understand that in all of this, you're the only person that actually did what they said they were going to do, huh. actually paid the money on huh. time. Like, please know how much my dad would appreciate how good you're being to the family he left behind. There was so like, much Like this really emotional, way, right? wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, you sends me this email person. that says like, you are the proud owner of a golden bus. Wow. He says to me on the phone that, <laughs> uh, he said, I've been telling everybody that my dad didn't leave me anything, but I have to change that now. I feel like my dad left me a new friend. Oh, and are you, still in touch? are you still yeah. in touch oh, with yeah. Luke Bayou? Yeah, yeah, we're on you Facebook together. He said, when I go Bayou. to Vancouver, like, like call him up and we'll go for a beer. Like, wow. absolutely, we're buds, wow. yeah, yeah. We've stayed friends through this. Luke so, Bayou, if you're listening to this, I feel um, absolutely, and I think all the listeners feel blessed to have heard this story. And um, if yeah. that is a story, that took many turns. Well, and the final we, piece. There's an of, unbelievable piece of history here and storytelling. That, and keep ghosts, going. There's more. Ghosts, there's, well, I feel the ghosts. You, are you, if you're listening and you're hearing all of the um, breeze coming in, that ain't breeze. Ghost. That ain't breeze. It's from the bayou. Keep going. Yeah. So the final piece of this is that when Steve signed the bus over to me, he said that there was one condition, yeah. which is that because we'd never met and because he had bought this bus, he was hoping to drive this up to the Yukon. That okay. was always his goal. Okay. And he went up there with a temporary job and, you know, three years later realized he he's is. not leaving the Yukon. You know, yeah. he, the jobs are not temporary. He's staying there and then he needs to get rid of this bus, but he didn't want to get rid of the bus. So part of why he gave me this deal was mm-hmm. he said that the condition is that I have to do what he didn't do. I have to complete the bus. You're gonna do it. And I have to drive it up to the Yukon, and that is where Steve and I would meet. So Fuck. that is what he told me. So my my feeling is yeah. that the bus's legacy is that yes. this bus needs 
It needs to at least attempt to make it to the Yukon this at, is an at some point. So there's no timeline on it now. Yeah. You know, Steve's gone, yeah. but I still have to do right by Steve's memory. Oh, wow. So in the wow. grand scheme, this bus needs to go there. Jenny Omnicord, I cannot thank you enough. The best podcast ever. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye. The Ghost of Stephen Wow, wasn't that an unbelievable story? Thank you, Jenny Omnicord, again uh, for sharing, for storytelling, for sharing your incredible career to date. And we know how it ends now. She's got to get the bus back up to the Yukon uh, to meet Steve again. That's romance, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Speaking of romance, November the 5th at the Royal Cinema. Please join us for the Friendly Rich Show as sponsored by... Through the Diablo beer, you can get tickets. Uh, go to my website, friendlyrich.com, for more information. I hope to see you guys there. Love to you all, and we'll see you in a couple weeks for our next guest, James Shamu McElhaney. Goodbye. Goodbye.